3: Better late than never. Welcome. Let's go, baby. baby. Fucking Anton Lander. Yeah. I really like the bag milk.
4: Bag milk. This is CSIS. 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 CSIS.
5: Tyler Yoremchuk, is so fucking sexy. Jesus.
3: Fucking Anton Lander. It's my favorite.
5: Well, well, well.
3: This is so fucking sexy. Sometimes I need the whole intro to get myself ready for the show pushing buttons i was adding more stuff to the uh, i was adding some last minute voicemails into the soundbar appreciate you being here better late than ever episode 80 i think it might be i have no idea i didn't really check but what i do know for sure is that the audio department is the reason we're all here today check them out at the audio of course the audio department works to create a safe space for creativity and collaboration for artists and musicians to realize their potential and share their message through sound and story. So you're wondering, probably bag milk. How does I how do I fit into that? Well, I, an artist, am realizing my potential right now. And it's all because of the audio department. Go check them out at theaudiodepartment.ca. Get yourself in there. Record something. Make something. Be the artist you've always dreamed of being. <laughs> Got it? Good. Of course, we're going to start off today's podcast because I'm super excited. I am so excited. If I loved this anymore, I'd poke a hole, clean through me trousers. I have secured a ticket to game one of the playoffs and I am pumped. Mind you, we 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 don't even know who we're playing yet no idea who the Oilers are playing yet. That isn't going to be decided until tomorrow night at some point. Of course, today's Wednesday, April 12th, recording in late afternoon. Oilers have a few different scenarios in which they will match up with somebody different, okay? My personal thought is that we're still meeting up with Los Angeles. That's my guess. That is, if I was to bet, that's what my money would say. But there's still an opportunity that they could play even Winnipeg. So let's jump over to the standings here because we don't really know who we're playing yet. And again, there's some moving pieces here. So one, if the Oilers beat the Sharks tomorrow night and Vegas loses in regulation, Edmonton will vaulted themselves to first place in the Pacific Division. Okay? If they do that and Vegas loses, they will win the Western Conference. I think. Yes, they will win the Western Conference. Colorado could tie them in points, but Edmonton would have the tiebreaker in that scenario, according to what I'm seeing on Twitter. If I'm wrong, it's not my fault. Your fault. It's Twitter's fault. It's Elon's fault. If the Oilers win tomorrow and Vegas beats Seattle, we are matching up with Los Angeles. If... The Oilers win, Vegas loses, and Colorado just, they exist? We could be going to Winnipeg. That is drastically different scenarios for our first round of the playoffs. I wanted to know who you wanted to face in round one and why I've got a bunch of answers that came in on Twitter, Milk. that's what my Twitter is at. I want to hear from you on this too, even if you're answering afterward. Who do you want the Oilers to face in the first round? Hit me up on socials and let me know. Rusty the Reckless Optimist says, I want Winnipeg in the first round so we can sweep them and get revenge for the North Division year. I'm not scared. We've gotten 10 goals against Hellebuck in the last two games we have played against them. I know it's not what you want for travel reasons. I respect that. So what Rusty's talking about is, there's a chance your boy Bag Milk will be traveling for the first round. I could be ending up at destination A or B or C for... Games three and four. We know the Oilers are kicking off at Rogers Place next week. It's looking like, according to Tom Gazzola, that it'll be a Monday start. But of course, nothing is finalized there. So it could be Monday. I could be at Rogers Place on Monday night screaming my face off and drinking alcohol in vast quantities. But we'll see. Now, if they go to Winnipeg, I'm just I'm bummed out. And I'm going to tell you why. This is purely selfish. So you go, bag milk, this sounds like a you problem. I don't care about this problem because you're being a big baby. And if you say that, if you tell me that, I will respect it because it's kind of true. I understand that. If the Oilers go to Winnipeg and I have to go to Winnipeg, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna cheer for the boys and I'm gonna cover it even though I have to have an 18-hour car ride to get there unless we fly into Thunder Bay or the Brandon Airport has availability for us to fly into Brandon. Now, I'm committed to going. But if you think for one second that I would be as excited about going to Winnipeg as I would be to Los Angeles, well, clearly you've never been to either of those locations. I have. There's not a lot to do in Winnipeg. There's a whole lot to do in LA. Now, in terms of the matchup, I fear no one. The Oilers can play LA. I'm good with it. The Oilers can play Winnipeg. I'm good with it. This is purely selfish. Purely selfish. Purely selfish. So why can't the Oilers please think of me and my happiness? As much as I want them to win the Western Conference and the division, think of me and my happiness. Back to Twitter. Captain Felton says, I want them to play Seattle so I can drive to the away games. If I had to pick, Seattle would be my target for round one. I would love to go to Seattle. First of all, that satisfies my travel needs. Again, we don't know if we're going. AMA Travel going to... We're working on it with AMA Travel. Seattle, I would love to go to Seattle. Love to go to LA. Don't want to go to Winnipeg. I fear none of those teams. Captain Felton says he'd love to go to Seattle so we can drive to away games. Of course, the captain is in... Uh, Vancouver. Duke says they know they've got no shot against us, so I'd worry the Kings would play too dirty and potentially hurt some of our guys. Would rather play the Kraken and let somebody else take the LA trash out. Lyle says Seattle, they're the weakest team in every position in the West. So basically, I mean, there's a lot of us. It makes sense, right? Seattle, in theory, offers you the easiest road to the second round. In theory, of course. Uh, Riley says LA, Their fans are getting a little too yappy, a little too bold. Look, I know it's a tough matchup, but we stuffed these guys in the garbage can the last two times we played them, and I think keeping this fan base salty is well worth the risk that comes with playing them. I like that, Riley. Kai says, I'm going with LA because we know them. Our coach knows their coach. It will be tight, hard games, but no bad surprises expected there. Uh, Classic Davis says, I'd love to have another battle of... uh, Flames are golfing. Flames are golfing. Classic Davis follows up. I want LA first rounded to get them out of the way. Going to go seven, but after that, the boys will be buzzing. I don't think it goes to seven against LA. I'm not saying it's a short series. By no means am I calling this a sweep, but um, I don't think it goes to seven this year. Weathers are a different animal. They are a different animal. Peter says, Winnipeg. Every cup had a Winnipeg beatdown. We want first in the conference. That is what Rick said. If you listen to Oilers Nation Radio, Rick is on that page. Kikuchi's beard. He says, I think Seattle would be ideal for the opposing goaltending. I'm not too fearful of LA either at this point after two very strong games against them when the stakes were high. I'm not a fan of possibly running into playoff Hellebuck. I think the Jets are sneaky in that eighth spot. They could be. Ryan just says, not Winnipeg. Nick says, probably the Kings. Rather face Corpus over Hellebuck. I think LA is a bit overrated. That one's getting a bunch of likes. That one's getting a bunch of attention. Beard of Brad says, they're winning the cup. It does not matter. Max says, Kraken, although I think you'd need Kraken to win in OT over Vegas and LA to lose to the Ducks if the Oilers beat the Sharks it's a tall order yeah there's a lot of math that goes into facing the Kraken I just I just don't see them being a possibility just one guy says Seattle because their goaltending is a joke if you're thinking about it that way without question without question you want to play Seattle probably but there are no easy outs in the playoffs There are no easy outs. If you remember, we all were expecting it to be an easy out against Winnipeg in the North Division Canadian bubble playoffs. Didn't work that way. In fact, they got swept three consecutive OT losses to wrap up that series, you know? Hellebuck, playoff Hellebuck can be the difference. Am I nervous about it? No. Again, I fear nobody. I fear nobody. But if I had to pick, I'm being selfish. I want to go to Seattle. I want to go to the fish throwing market never been there. Maybe I'll get to see McLemore. Or two, I want to go to Los Angeles so I can bring my Otani jersey and go to an Angels game. Or maybe a Dodgers game. I've never been to one of those. Won't somebody please think of me? Anybody? Somebody? Let's get to the news. The news is brought to you by... S-Y-C Brewing. You want a beer? They've got one for you. Check them out at sycbrewing.com. Check out the beers. Check out the ciders. Get yourself hydrated. Get yourself ready for the playoffs. Go pick some up at the brewery. They've always got good shit going on there. sycbrewing.com. Kicking off the news, I want to start with my boy, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I know I've been talking about him a lot lately, but my dude last night, one day before his 30th birthday, which is today, can you believe that, by the way? In my head, I still think of Ryan Nugent Hopkins talking like this.
6: Hey, guys, welcome to the NHL. I'm Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I'm still 12 years old. I went first overall at the NHL entry draft, and now I'm a power play wizard.
3: It's just not the case. He turned 30 today, but last night he played his 800th NHL game, all of them with the Oilers, of course. That puts Nugent Hopkins only 45 games back of Glenn Anderson for fourth place all-time in franchise history and only 51 games back of Mark Messier for third By the end of next season, provided that our boy Nugent is able to stay healthy, he will slot himself into third place all time for games played with the Edmonton Oilers behind only Ryan Smith and Kevin Lowe. Makes me wonder, is Ryan Nugent Hopkins one of the most beloved Edmonton Oilers of all time? Listen, I know my shtick. I know where my feelings are at but even when i saw him score the 100th point of his season and then we launched the year of nuge t-shirts right when that happened and the way those are flying out of our store nationgear.ca go buy one if you want one we also have the oil up playoff gear there as well so go check that out my point here is i don't know that i can remember a player that is so universally beloved in this city that isn't named connor mcdavid or leon driesault even though i know both of those guys have some weirdos that are their detractors by the way that reminds me I was talking about this on the last week's podcast about a bunch of the haters earlier in the season we make fun of Tyler a lot for saying that the others were going to miss the playoffs sometime around American Thanksgiving but there was a lot of people were sending me screenshots of bad takes from earlier in the year like Connor McDavid should be stripped of the C, he's lazy Leon Drysaddle should be extended there was a bunch of that some of you need to chill the fuck out Back to my point, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he may be one of the most beloved Edmonton Oilers in team history. I can't think, like Ryan Smith is up there too, but like from that Ryan to this Ryan? Let's go, baby. I think Nugent might be right up there as one of the most beloved players in NHL history. On the mailbag this week, we asked, is he a top 10 player all time for the Oilers? I say he's number one. You can't find me a name in the history of this organization that merits it more than him. Right? Of course, I'm joking. Fucking relax. But my point is, he very well could be a top 10 best player in franchise history already. Well, let's look at some of the numbers here. Let's look at, let's dig into some of the stuff that we've got. Currently, he is top 10 in points. He's ninth. He's ninth in assists. He is eighth in goals. As we know, he is fifth currently in games played, but that is going to be third place in short order as early as next season. A few more years, he's the most, he's played the most games in Edmonton Oilers history. A few more years from now, I think he could be. I think he could be. Again, I would rank him number one. I understand that other people would not. (laughs) Anyway, happy birthday, Nooch. Congrats on 800 games. Congrats on the year. Congrats on being just as handsome and soon to be a dad. I'm just happy for you, pal. of gears, I want to talk about the Oilers. Last night, they had a big win over the Colorado Avalanche. That was a playoff vibe game, wasn't it, friends?
5: Yeah! Ah!
3: I didn't mean to push that. Um... Before the game, I wrote it in the GDP. I said, you know what? I'm actually having a hard time getting fired up for this game. They've got two games left in the season. Well, this is before last night, mind you. One game left now. They have two games left in the regular season. The playoffs start next week. I had a hard time focusing on the task at hand, and I'm so glad that the Oilers did not because as much as I was not fired up for that game against the Colorado Avalanche, when the puck dropped and I saw how intense it was getting, I loved it. The Oilers, of course, are 9-0-1 in their last 10 games. They have the chance to set a franchise record ninth consecutive win tomorrow if they beat the San Jose Sharks. Of course, we talked about the playoff implications about that, but isn't that kind of crazy? The 2022-23 Oilers have the chance to set a franchise record for most consecutive wins with nine. That blew my mind considering that some of those teams in the 80s, like, you would have just imagined they would have ran through teams back then. Pretty impressive. It is pretty, pretty impressive. And all of this is kind of happening since Matthias Eckholm showed up just before the trade deadline. Like, come on. In the 20 games played with you, Edmonton Oilers since coming over from the Nashville Predators, Matthias Eckholm has scored four goals, nine assists for 13 points, and he is plus 26. I am not a big, big fan of plus minus, but it's hard to ignore those numbers. Looking at the team perspective, they are 17 2 and 1 since Eckholm showed up. He has solidified their defense. He has turned Evan Bouchard into a different player. He has calmed down everybody else in the defensive group. I love it. I love it. Going into San Jose tomorrow. I'm expecting a ninth straight win because the San Jose Sharks are trash. I imagine with one game left on their schedule, they're already looking at whatever plans that they've got coming up after their exit meetings next week. We're going to the playoffs. Just steamroll the Sharks tomorrow, get the franchise record, go into the playoffs on a nine game win streak. I know that doesn't matter. It's a new season when the playoffs come, but damn it, I want that record. I didn't think I cared, but now I do. I want the Oilers to win the division. I don't want to go to Winnipeg, but I'll take one for the team if I have to. I will. I'm a team player in other news. I'm watching Stuart Skinner last night and I'm trying to ha- I'm trying to think in my head how this season would have been a complete disaster. If not for him, I don't know where he's going to finish in Calder trophy voting. I assume Maddie Beniers is going to win that award. It just seems like he kind of had it locked up for a while now, but if I had a vote, And I really should have a vote, by the way. The NHL should take my thoughts into consideration on matters such as this. If I had a vote, Stuart Skinner would be my pick for the Calder Trophy because of what he means not only to the Edmonton Oilers, but also because of the season he's had. Sure, Baneers this, Baneers that. He did a bunch of stuff early on, but he did not save Seattle's season. Matty Baneers is a very good hockey player, on a reasonably good team, Stuart Skinner has played in 49 games this year. He has had 49 appearances with 47 of those being starts. He's 28, 14 and five. he's got a 914 save percentage. he's got a shutout, he's got a goals against under three. And most importantly, as I mentioned, without Stuart Skinner, this season could have very well been a disaster. Am I pushing Stu for Calder? You know I am. And if I had a vote, again, he would be number one on my ballot for sure. So what can I do in the interim? I'm going to bully everyone I know that has a vote. Frank Saravalli, I'm going to be blowing up your phone. Ryan Pike, I'm blowing up your phone. David Quadrelli, I'm blowing up your phone. Stuart Skinner for Calder. I don't care about Maddie Beneers. Yeah, he's had a good season. Yeah, he's probably going to win it. But damn it, Stu deserves it, in my opinion. And the Oilers still don't have a Calder trophy on their roster, and it bothers me. You know? It's unfortunate. To some people, it's also unfortunate that Skylar Brendamore announced that he will not be signing with the Edmonton Oilers. He will become a free agent. Personally, I didn't think that that was that big of a deal. Some people wanted to take uh, shots at the Oilers as a result of that, but you no, know, I'm not one of them. I don't really understand it. Uh, looking at his numbers, he's not a point-per-game player in college. We've been bamboozled by college players before. Drake Kajula was a fine Edmonton Oiler. I have no qualms with Drake Kajula, but the reality is his career high was 20 points. You need productive bottom six players, but I also don't think this is a huge thing. And according to Jason Greger, Skylar Brendamore kind of looked at the Oilers' depth chart as a forward and went, wow, well, I don't really have a path to the NHL with this franchise based on who they have locked up up front. I can respect that. I can also make fun of him for wanting to go to a shitty team that has poorer depth up front just so he has a chance. That said, I I, I respect it. I've got no qualms with you, Skyler Brendamore. I'm not exactly upset that you're gone, mostly because I didn't even know you. I do wish you well, but I won't miss you. At least I don't think so. At least I don't think so. Another thing I want to give a shout out to the Edmonton Oilers for this past week. I mean, it was, it was last weekend, but I hadn't recorded since then, so give me a break. Jason Demers played in his 700th NHL game because Cody Ceci was having himself a baby. Cody Ceci went out and kicked a goal, having a baby. Oilers recalled Jason Demers to play a 700th NHL game against his former club, the San Jose Sharks, and I just... I just, you know what? I just wanted to give the Oilers a little bit of love because I thought it was a really cool gesture. They did not have to do that for Jason Demers. He was a good soldier for them down in Bakersfield. He did everything that they wanted him to. And I thought it was kind of cool that they gave him the opportunity to play a 700th NHL game against his former club. the San Jose Sharks gave him a little tribute video. He got to wave from the side of the bench. And after the game, Jason Demers tweeted, thank you for all the love and support for my 700th NHL game. It's been a long two years, and I couldn't thank the Edmonton Oilers enough for the chance to show I could still play up top other than that early pizza delivery. He did a little cover the eyes emojis there. Chalk that up to nerves and excitement. You know what? That giveaway didn't matter at the end of the day. He also says, thank you to the San Jose Sharks for the gesture. I wasn't expecting it, and part of my heart will always be in San Jose no matter where I end up. Cheers to the playoff run in Bakersfield and Edmonton. Special groups of players and human beings at both locker rooms. So shout out to you, Jason Demers. Shout out to you. I think it's cool. 700 games is no joke, and it had been a while since you had played an NHL game. It was a tough journey, according to... I wish I could find it now as I'm cruising around Twitter, but I can't find it when I need it the most. Apparently, Demers wasn't exactly thrilled about the way things ended with the Coyotes. They healthy scratched him even though their season was over and they could have got, got to 700 games with that organization. So glad he was able to do it with the Oilers. It's cool. Why not? Shout out to Jason Demers. In Sadder News, I'm just going to wrap up the news with... Um, thoughts about Colby Cave. I couldn't believe the other day when I saw it on Twitter that it had already been three years since his passing. Um, but I thought Tyler Uremchak put it really well yesterday on Oilers Nation Radio when he said, it's sad, it's obviously horrible to lose somebody that that's young with so much potential and future and, and a bright future ahead of them. But at the same point, what's happened since his passing has been really remarkable. Both the Edmonton Oilers and Emily Cave have done a really strong job of keeping his memory alive with with a charity aspect that now can impact plenty, a plenty of people, not just now, but down the line in Colby's name. And I just thought that was a really, really cool thing that they're doing and making sure to keep his memory alive in a really positive way. And I don't know what else to say about it other than thank you to the Oilers and to Emily Kay for doing all that work. I know it can't be easy to do these things while you're also mourning uh, the loss of somebody so important in your life, but they're doing a great job. And that's how I want to end the news by giving them a shout out. The news is brought to you by SYC Brewing Go check them out at sycbrewing.com Get yourself something to drink You're thirsty
7: You're listening to Better late than never with bagged where facts plus bollocks equals facto bollocks.
3: For my friends at Betway, provided that you were of legal gambling age and promised to do so responsibly, I've got a couple of little things that I've been working on over the last little bit, including a bet I told you about last week that kept hitting for me, and I did it again last night against the Avalanche. He ended up getting the game winner, but... Evan Bouchard at one plus point per night has been plus odds lately. Last night I got it at plus 105. That was an easy double up on my money when he got the game winner. One plus point for a guy who's getting as much power play time as he is. He's got 18 points in his last 18 games. I talked about Ekholm and his impact on the team. Well, Evan Bouchard... Evan Bouchard is feeling that right now because he is playing some very good hockey. I tried to burp there in case you were wondering what that was. I was like, well, it was a disgusting sound he just made. <laughs> uh, but as I mentioned, if you're looking for a cheeky little bet, Evan Bouchard plus one, one plus point at plus odds. I'm going to keep hammering it until he doesn't get there because right now he's getting the power play time that Tyson Berry used to get. He's playing a lot better at five on five saddled next to Matthias Ekholm. He is looking good. On the downside, however, yesterday on Weathers Nation Radio, I took the plunge. I bet a whole dollar, one whole dollar on over 56 and a half face-offs against the Colorado Avalanche. And did I hit it? No. Did I even know how many face-offs there were in the game? Also no. That is a really tough one to bet on because one, where the fuck do I even find this information? The NHL presents it as a percentage. I don't want a percentage. I want a total. 56 and a half. Well, they went about seven minutes in the first period without a whistle. That does not help. And I think I only missed by like two or three based on what Twitter was telling me today. Unbelievable that that's where I ended up in my first ever foray betting on face-offs. I would have been cheering for more whistles. You know? Anyway. That's what I'm doing. Tomorrow against the Sharks. I'm probably going to go a little heavy on Connor McDavid. He's got 152 points now as I'm recording today's episode of the podcast. He needs to get four more to pass Steve Eisman and put himself behind only Gretzky and Lemieux for the most points ever in a season by an individual player. And I think he can do it. That said, I also don't expect Jay Woodcroft to play him a whole lot unless the game is getting out of hand. I'm expecting the minutes to get spread out quite evenly tomorrow. But will I still be betting on Connor to get more than one and a half points? You know I will. You know I will. And with that, shout out to our friends at Betway. Again, please bet responsibly provided that you are of legal gambling age. You're listening to Better late than never with bagged milk. I would suggest you like and subscribe.
0: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
3: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees.
1: Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
7: You want to see a
4: man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in
3: the jimmy. For Trilogy Oilfield Rentals, it's time for the Righteous Sack Beating. Of course, Trilogy Oilfield Rentals are an established provider of tools and expertise across multiple oilfield disciplines specializing in rentals, pipe recovery, abandonments, and completions. Currently, Trilogy Oilfield Rentals maintain full-time operating units in Provost, Weyburn, and Kindersley. We talk about the tools they've got. Rental tools, fishing tools, coil tools, drilling tools, any tools you need for your job. The fine folks at Trilogy have got you covered. So you might ask yourself, Bagmoke, what are you annoyed about today? The answer is I'm not. I'm in a great mood. The Edmonton Oilers have won eight games in a row. We are going to the playoffs. We have got home ice advantage locked in for at least the first round. I may be traveling, even though I'm upset about going to Winnipeg if I have to go there. What am I upset about? There's still some of us that just can't have any fun. Last night, I'm cruising Twitter, and the Oilers beat the Colorado Avalanche 2-1 in OT, and I'm still seeing some naysayers within our fan base that just don't believe in the team, and they don't want to give anybody credit. There's been some talk. There was a mailbag question on Oilers Nation about Ken Holland. Should he get consideration for the GM of the Year Award based on his work that he did? There's a couple of trades in there that I love. Costing for some Morikov before the season started, turned out to be a great trade. That trade at the, at the deadline... For Matthias Ekholm, we all thought, whoa, that's a little bit expensive. Like, we're giving up a lot to get Matthias Ekholm. Turns out, fantastic addition. Nick Bukestad, guy loves West Edmonton Mall. We're all having a good time with that. He's costing $450,000 for the Oilers on the cap. He's got 17 goals. I know not all of them were with us, but he's got a pocket full. And yet here we are. You try to praise anyone for the season they're having, and there's a small segment of Oilers fans that just can't have any fun. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. As the sun is shining today on Wednesday, it's about 15, 16, 17 degrees in the capital city. Let's breathe a little bit. Let's enjoy what's happening because the Oilers are a fucking good hockey team. And to see people just not having fun right now when the team is going into the playoffs on a roll, it's confusing to me. Am I upset about it? No, I'm not. But I'm pleading with you. Give yourself some. uh, Give yourself a break. Give yourself a little bit of joy. I know the Oilers aren't the perfect team. No team is. But damn it, this is the best team that I can remember covering in this job. This is the best team that I can remember watching in quite some time. And I am super excited about what's to come. And I invite you to join me on the bandwagon. We are going to be having a blast in this city throughout this run. And until the Oilers win a Stanley Cup in June Whenever that is, I'm going to be there supporting the boys. And damn it, I invite you to join me. And there's the Righteous Sack Beating for our friends at Trilogy, Oldfield rentals.
4: You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick
3: me in the jimmy. We also got a guest at Righteous Sack Beating from Chandler. What do you got to say? What's annoying you, sir?
5: So my Righteous Sack Beating goes to the disrespect that the Oilers are receiving down here in St. Louis i have been one of the rare times I actually listen to the sports station down. Here.
3: By the way, first of all, St. Louis hasn't done anything good since Nelly's first album. So we should just ignore that straight off the jump. We're not listening to sports donkeys in St. Louis talk about the Oilers and disrespect them that way. Chandler, back to you. Uh,
5: the guys on the show proved yet again why they're major idiots when it comes to hockey. When they were going through their list of Western Conference Cup contenders and decide that the Oilers are not a Cup contender. Uh, So I texted in being like, hey, what's up with that disrespect? They are 100% a Cup contender. Like They are right up there with Colorado for top of the conference. And it was the same old BS of, oh, they're a two-man team. Oh, they don't play any defense. Oh, their goaltending sucks. And it was just so infuriating.
3: Just you know what that is, though, Chandler. That to me is the. That's just guys on the radio talking shit that don't actually watch Oilers games. Yeah, they watch the Oilers and the Blues, whatever, a couple of times this year whenever they played. I don't remember now, but that tells me that they don't watch the Oilers at all. They're a two-man team. Well, they've got three players with over hundred points. Evander Kane missed a handful, probably half of the game, half of the season. He would be a top player there. Zach Hyman has got 83, 84 points now. I don't remember him doing that off the dome. Two-man two man team is just lazy. It's lazy. I understand it because who has time to watch all 32 teams in the NHL? And if you're talking for four hours, I get it. But it's just lazy, man. Try not to get too upset about it.
5: Uh, like they have proven that they are a legit cup contender and they still do not get any respect. So you know what? The Oilers... Go out there, win a cup for us, mm-hmm. win a cup for you, and win a cup to shove it up the haters' asses because they are not giving you the respect that you have rightfully earned. The Oilers deserve the utmost respect. They should be the scariest team for anyone. Colorado, I guarantee, is concerned if they have to play the Oilers for good damn reason. Let's go, boys you want to see a man boy I'll
4: show you a man kick me in the jimmy
3: go win it for that guy in St. Louis he hasn't had anything to celebrate since the first Nelly album you know for trilogy Y'all Rentals there's the Righteous Sack Beating if you want to join in on it next week just leave me a voicemail and label it as RSB I will play you with my Righteous Sack Beating when we get to that segment it's a good time sometimes you just need to vent you know Today, we're hating on St. Louis Blues sports media. Why not? Who cares? Let's go.
7: You're listening to Best Late Never
3: with Bagged Milk.
7: Meanwhile, you should like and subscribe. It's the right thing to do.
3: The voicemail is brought to you by my friends at South Island Pie Company. If you go to SouthIslandPie.ca and click on the Meet the Pie, Meet the Pies tab, there you will see all the delicious flavors that are waiting for your mouth. Like a massage for your mouth feeling, South Island Pie is here to feed you. They're here to nourish you. And damn it, they're here to entertain you. Because if you haven't seen the video of Jamie yet on the website, SouthIslandPie.ca, you got to go watch it. The story's great. Came to Canada, fell in love, moved here, missed the pies from New Zealand, brought the pies. That's what you do. You miss the pies, you start a pie company. That's what Jamie did. I also encourage you to use the promo code NATION20. If you are in-store ordering online, you will get 20% off your order. If you want delivery, that's what I did, uprootfoodstore.ca, uprootfoodstore.ca. Use the promo code NATION20 to get 20% off your order. Start off the voicemail with an anonymous one. I've got an idea of what this is, but we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen. Ah, my friend Donkey Volley. I see the back and forth you and Dukes are having on Twitter. I see it. I'm enjoying it. I love that we're connecting people via the voicemail. Back to you, sir. It's about time I retaliated slightly to my
7: antipodeum friend, <laughs> Mr. Dukes. Kookaburra sits in the old gum tree. Merry, merry king, the bush is he. Laugh, dukes, laugh, dukes. Oh, your life must be.
3: Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> What the fuck are those two talking about? If you're not following along with this back and forth and this beef that they've got from two different continents on Twitter, you got to join in it. You just got to watch it. Go follow them on Twitter. They're great. <laughs> Another anonymous voicemail. This is, I don't know what this is. We'll see.
0: Hey, Big Milk. Hope you've uh, been doing well.
3: Um, If I'm being honest, I'm surprised that it wasn't either Donkey Volley or Dukes just shitting on the other one with some kind of sneeze-related content. (laughs) I'm I'm making a weird podcast here, and I could not be happier. Anyway, back to you, sir.
0: I haven't messaged in a a little bit. I've been busy with work, life, such and such. Anyways, I'm coming in raw with this one. Mm. I am currently watching the Vegas versus LA game. And Vegas is absolutely beating up on LA. Four, it's 4 nothing in the first period. Ah. And the LA announcers have the absolute audacity to pull up the Edmonton LA game and comment on McDavid's hit on Mikey Anderson calling it dirty, saying that McDavid should get suspended.
3: I'm going to do a little impression of what that sounds like.
6: I know this kings are losing to the golden knights right now and what was a must-win game for the franchise but all i want to do is talk about connor mcdavid he ruined my day he hit mikey anderson arguably one of the dirtiest players on the kings and now he didn't get suspended I even fell for the OilersNation.com April Fool's joke that said he was getting suspended for the rest of the season. I fell for it. And now I'm sad. And even though I should be doing my job and describing the game that's happening between the Kings and the Golden Knights, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with Connor McDavid. I am obsessed with the Edmonton Oilers. And they are living rent-free in my head. I
3: can't even shake it. Something like that, anyway.
0: Or at least tossed from the game for a five-minute major. And the reason they did this was a comparison of an LA player doing it to a Kings player saying that um, it's on the onus is on the Kings player to brace himself when he's getting hit in the numbers. An Absolutely outlandish fucking take. I think it's fucking bullshit and hilarious at the same goddamn time. Um, We're living in LA's head rent free and I can't wait to play them in the playoff and listen to not only their salty ass bitchy fans, but their salty ass bitchy media uh, media people go on and on how oh, this is dirty, this is that. Why oh, don't you talk about fucking uh, McDay or uh, Drysaddle getting pulled down from behind? Mm-hmm. Huh? Wasn't that dirty? He got fucking slew footed. Wasn't that dirty? Fucking joke! Absolute joke of an order.
8: Drysaddle was
3: horse collared, while also a slight slew foot by Mikey Anderson. They also had Brendan Lemieux get suspended for five games for biting someone. So. Yeah, it is pretty rich to hear LA Kings complain about other people being dirty. It is rich. Can't be lost on us. Well, LA is crumbling down the stretch as well. Again, I fear no one. LA is a good hockey team. I'm not going to pretend that they're not. I'm not going to pretend like I'm so confident that the Oilers are just going to steamroll through any team that they match up against in the first round. I'm just not scared. I'm just not scared. Anonymous message number three. Let's start
7: talking a bit sexy about the Oilers (laughs) in the playoffs.
3: Uh Listen, Donkey Volley, when you call in and you actually have a topic in mind and you want to talk about the Oilers, it's almost surprising. I know you're an Oilers fan. I know you're a hardcore Oilers fan, but normally I don't get to hear from you in this arena, so I'm excited about it.
7: Uh, Yes, Mm -hmm. you might know who I am, but yeah, I'm going to talk serious hockey now. Mm. Um, I could have put a bet on 14 to 1 here in England. I know that. that, that, Does that make sense? 14 to 1, but now it's 12 to 1. It's shortening. So, yeah, I've got to say, this is probably the sexiest Oilers team I've known. Mm. And I went through the 2006 version of them. I've got to say, we are king lovely. Try not to swear on the podcast, because, you know, fuck, etc. Oh, God, (laughs) everything's good. I love this team. Genuinely love this team. Ekholm... You sexy, sexy, bearded person. Mm. Yes.
3: Yes. Big Swedish daddy coming in and making all kinds of difference on the defense. I love him, too. Ari, what do you guys say?
8: So I was just sitting here Mm -hmm. uh, doing my physics homework, and I happened to stumble upon the Oilers hockey reference page because, you know, I'm getting bored.
3: I can see how doing physics homework would lead you down the rabbit hole into hockey reference. Back to you, sir.
8: So and I was and I was looking at it. The Oilers have gotten two hundred sixty eight power play opportunities over eighty games. The league average is two hundred forty-five. And their power play percentage is thirty two point forty six and the league average is twenty one point three six. That's math coming. So doing some quick quick maths here mm-hmm. in my calculator. Mm-hmm. They are getting 3.35 power plays per game. Go ahead. Now, we all remember what happened against Winnipeg mm-hmm. in the in that stupid series. We don't have to talk about and it. And then we all remember what happened last year. It was a little bit better. Yep. With that being said, do you think that the Oilers are going to get more power play opportunities than 3.35 or less? Or do you think it's going to stay the same? And, you know, there's officiating themes, right? And... The refs know if they give us a power play, we're more than likely to score. So do you think that they're going to get more in the playoffs or do you think they're going to get less? Or do you think it's going to stay the same? What do you think?
3: Ideally, I'd love for it to stay the same. I would just love the NHL to maintain consistency with the refereeing, which has been a shocking, shocking ask from fans everywhere, where it's just like, I would just like the referees to call the book, please. And the NHL goes, no, we will not do that. In fact, I'm going to do this one. I never get to use this. This is a megaphone filter. I'm going to use this one and Gary Bettman will go. Shut up, assholes. Nobody cares what you think. The NHL's product is fine. The games always start on time and the referees are doing an excellent job. Everything you say is wrong. We're the smartest and you're the dumbest. Something like that anyway. So I would love for it just to be the same. I would love just 3.35, whatever you said, just get there. I'd be pumped on it. But I also don't expect that to happen. I expect the refs to put their whistles away and the Oilers are going to have to beat teams five on five, which would have been more concerning for me earlier in the year. But down the stretch, they've been great. They have been great. They are pumping goals in. They are allowing fewer goals. They've only allowed four goals in their last six outings, which is pretty fantastic. So to answer the question, I'm guessing that the power plays per game is going to go down, but that's anecdotal. I don't have any like numbers to support that. It's just that's just how I feel. It's just how I feel. Working through the South Island Pie voicemail, we've got Adam. You're up next.
1: Hey, bag Milk, It's Adam. What's up? Been a long time listener, a big fan of yours. I'm a big fan of yours, Adam. Kind of got a two parter for you. Got a comment and a question. Sure. The comment is: I honestly believe a nation staycation would be amazing for like a good homestand. Everyone can just go out. Uh, go to like the pint or something like that, and then go to the game. Chill, meet like-minded people within your city. Be fun.
3: We are going to, so part of that is coming. Part of that is actually going to be happening next week. We are going to be throwing away game day parties so we can all get together. We just haven't announced the location yet. We're just waiting for some contract details to get signed, but we are having away viewing parties. During the playoffs, you're going to want to be part of those. And we're going to announce it. We're going to blow it up everywhere. We're going to tell you what we've got going on, the prizes we're giving away, and all that shit. We are going to get together as best we can. The feedback we got from the last handful of years of doing playoff parties was people just, when the game is at home, when it's at Rogers' place, People are either going to the game or they want to go to the moss pit. They want to be involved in what's going on in the city with the team specifically. So this year we're going to try something a little bit different. We're only going to do parties for away games. So when the Oilers are on the road, whether that's in LA or Winnipeg or Seattle or wherever they end up based on what happens tomorrow, we'll have a place to get together. I promise you that's coming just watch out on our socials for it, or I'll have the announcements on this next week as well. We'll be doing Oilers Nation Radio, we'll be doing Real Life, we'll be talking about it on all of the podcasts. I promise you. What else you got?
1: And then move on to the next game. Maybe do like a three-game homestand. I think that'd be fun. And
3: I would love to do it just a staycation, by the way, and like have some kind of package together where we do go to the games. I'm just talking about specifically the first round of the playoffs and beyond.
1: My question. With all the talk you've had about uh, Matthias Ekholm, mm. where would he rank for you in like how much you love him? Mm. Like between a Calgary Flame mm. and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, ah. where where would he rank?
3: It's a fair question. It's a fair question because I've talked about Big Swedish Daddy a bunch of times lately, and for me, I I love the guy more by the shift. The way he plays defense, he's mean. He's putting up some points. He moves the puck better than I expected. How much do I love him? 93 out of 100. How much do I love Nuch? 193 out of 100. Now, that is an outlier situation. Matias Atcom has just been everything that I've hoped he would be, and then some. When Tyler Uramchuk, the day after the trade, said, listen, he might be the best all-around defenseman the Oilers have had since Pronger, I went, well, that's pretty fucking lofty. And I'm trying to think about some other guys who've been around and, you know, even Darnell Nurse, who's a current teammate of Matias Ekholm. But as I watch him play, I feel so much better about the Oilers' chances at the playoffs and next year, because he'll be back for the following three years after this one, having him around than not having him around. He has been so much better than I expected. I was excited to get him. I knew he was a stud. I remember playing against him with the Predators and going, fuck, man, he'd be great to have it as an Edmonton weather." He is, as a lot of people called it, a better Adam Larson. And that's not a shot at Adam Larson. Just that's what Ekholm is. I love him. I love him. 93 out of 100. Chris Walkling, you are up next on the South Island voice voicemail.
8: Hello, Mr. Bagged Milk. I have a question.
3: Yes. Bagged Milk reporting for duty. So I was... Thinking over the weekend about this, and I do not know hockey history like other people do. And since you've been watching longer than I have, I thought I'd pose the question to you. But where the Oilers' core is at right now, assuming they win the Stanley Cup, which is a big assumption, but Mm. just for the sake of argument, let's say right now, where would they rank all time? amongst all of like the famous cores of hockey. And also if you were to like, I guess simulate their careers and like go best case scenario, where do you think the Oilers core would rank all time? This one's hard for me. Like I wish I had Tyler on the podcast with me right now. He loves hockey history like this shit. And yes, you are right. I've been watching hockey for a long time. I turned 38 last week, my whole life. I've loved the sport. I played the sport. I've been an Oilers fan my entire life, but my memory doesn't work that way. So the Oilers core, we're talking about the forward group of Connor, Leon, Nuge, Hyman, Evander, Kane, and then that's your five of your top six. That's as good as it gets. That is as good as it gets, and I would match that top six, and you know, you could put Yamo in there, you could, whatever six piece you want to put in there. I would put those six players up against anyone else in the league. I would do that today. I would do it last year. I will do it again next year when that entire group comes back for another tour of duty. I don't know what the answer is in terms of all time, that core, and how good they are, but damn it, they are fun to watch. They score a ton of offense, and they've got a mix of flavors within that group that makes them really difficult to handle. Connor McDavid, obviously supercomputer, best player on earth. He is in a class of his own. Leon Dreisaitl is arguably the league's best power forward. Find me a better one. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is, as Dallas Aikens put it, the NHL's best Swiss Army knife. You can throw him out in any situation, he's going to help you. Zach Hyman, same thing. He plays in any situation. Evander Kane, not only is he a great offensive power forward, he will beat the brakes off you if you challenge him. That is a mix of size, skill, and just malleability that I don't think any other team has. I just don't. I think I would rank the Oilers' top five guys against any other team in the league. I don't know if that answers the question, but that's how I'm answering the question. Chandler, your thoughts?
5: Season is on the line. You need the two points in a shootout. Mm. You have your team's leading scorer waiting, (laughs) ready to go, and you send out (laughs) Nick Ritchie? That was one of the funniest things I have ever seen. I will happily, always will happily Dance on the graves of the Calgary Flames. <laughs> that was one of the funniest. Like I think the only way that could have got more Daryl Sutter is if he sent Lucic out there. That was just so freaking hilarious. And I love that the Flames suck too much to make the playoffs, but they don't suck enough to get, you know, like Connor Bedard or some other high-end guy. That was just so incredible to watch um yeah so uh you know a tradition like no other the flames getting eliminated at home love to see it <laughs>
8: I
3: don't ever use those laugh tracks enough, but I feel like the Flames shitting the bed against the Chicago Blackhawks last week. And then the Vancouver Canucks in a game that they had to win. Hilarious, hilarious. And then Jacob Markstrom goes full Jacob Markstrom against the Nashville Predators. He comes out to play the puck. He loses the puck ends up in the back of the net. The flames just can't get out of their own way. Now, what I'm most interested in is what's going to happen with them this year. What I really hope for is no meaningful changes. (laughs) I want them to bring back Daryl Sutter behind the bench, or hell, bump him up to GM. Give him both jobs. That's what I want. You know. Oh, I'm excited about this next one. Budget Mark Hoppus is back for another tour. I'm going to Blink One Eighty Two in June. I spent way too much money on my tickets, but the good news is Budget Mark Hoppus is here to give me a little sample of what I'm in for. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. nation <laughs> worst host <laughs> your ram I know his meal choices are utter junk <laughs> who the hell fries veggies drunk <laughs> say it ain't so Tyler won't go he's celebrating go to Mayo say it ain't so Oilers will go to the cup funnel and carry it home na 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 na
3: I love that. That is fantastic. I'm going to give you this button. Though, if I am to nitpick, if I'm going to nitpick your art, sir, Budget Mark Hoppus, that would technically be Budget Tom DeLong because it's all the small things. That's it. Ooh, I'm excited about this new voicemail. Liam's new fish is checking in. Uh, of course, if you missed out on what's going on with Liam's fish tank at his house, it's super secret. So I'm looking forward to hearing from his new fish.
4: Uh, hello, Bag Milk. My name is... Uh... <laughs> oh, I can't remember. Anyway, long time listener, first time mm-hmm. Um Firstly, I just want to... Whatever that donkey guy is. And that was a terrible voice, well, You need to lift your game. You're bringing this show into disrepute. Um. Secondly, do you think, just based on your opinion of, you know, you know him quite well um, and what his interests are, do you think with his, you know, because he's an aficionado of the Wiz, mm. do you think that fucking... Tyler, if presented with an option, would rather, A, eat the tin of cat food, or B, drink a cup of his own piss.
7: Because I think
4: I know which direction he'd be heading in. Um, Anyway, I'll cut this one short because, uh, fuck, I don't know, I'm not drunk, so I'm not going to ramble as much today. Um let's fucking go oilers play Alabama baby
3: <laughs> well to answer the question tyler is still ducking on the cat food thi- cat food thing i want to set him up like a charcuterie of cat food different flavors accompanied with like a little uh you know a toast point or a nice cracker maybe some cheese something that really levels up the experience that's what i want to do that's what i want to prepare for the guy because i care about him and i want him to enjoy the cat food as best as he possibly can for his horrible horrible boston bruins bet now the other part of the question is would he prefer to drink a pint of his own piss. Now if you're a real life uh, if you're a real life podcast listener, you will know how much Tyler loves a good piss joke. He loves a good piss joke. So, It's a tough one to answer, but I think he would rather eat cat food. As much as he loves piss, I don't think he wants to ingest it despite Learning on the real life podcast and from the wizard that it is sterile and delicious. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. Ari, get me out of this mess.
8: <laughs> the Calgary Flames.
3: Are we just laughing? <laughs> Here, Satan, he wants to join you. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Dude, <laughs> dude, <laughs> bad milk. It's like it's like watching. I watched it last night.
1: <laughs> they got, a, got, a, they got eliminated. By Johnny No <laughs> <from the National laughs> <Friday.
8: laughs> It was like watching <laughs> Babcock cockleys <leaves laughs> plus Tippett <laughs> Oilers plus bad goaltending. <laughs> Oh, my God, they're awful. <laughs> Dude, D- Daryl Sutter would with, with, with do or die in a shootout. Nick Richie. He pasted Tyler Toffoli's ass on the bench. Mm-hmm. And, he, and guess who he puts out? Nick Ritchie.
3: <laughs> Won a cup of Tyler Toffoli, too. You know,
8: that is, that is incredible. That's incredible, man.
3: It really is incredible. Shout out to the flames. There's a handful of people also shout out to the people before the season started that after the Huberto trade, after the cadre signing, after Mackenzie Weger showed up that they were picking the flames to win the Pacific division. You know who you are. Don't make me go find receipts. You know who you are. Last voicemail of the South Island pie voicemails is
2: young Nicholas. So bag Milk, Oilers, we're going to the playoffs. Yes, we're super excited. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm not excited about though? Go ahead. It's all the stupid ass conversations that have been going on in Oilers Nation. And Tyler Uramchuk e. does this every fucking episode. Every fucking <laughs> episode. Tyler, I like you, but dude, you gotta to learn to shut the fuck up.
3: Mm. Tyler it's all drama. these
2: conversations of, oh, who would you want to play in round one? I want to play the Kraken because of X, Y, and Z happened in the regular season. And I don't want to play the Jets because of X, Y, and Z. And I don't want to play the Kings because of X, Y, and Z. Like, I just find it, I just find it so dumb. Here, I'll take you back a little, a little bit in time. Yeah. I remember sitting there two years ago, sitting with my old man. I'm like, listen, dad. It's a really good thing the Edmonton Oilers drew the Winnipeg Jets. Because I don't like the way Montreal plays our decor And Toronto's got a really deep forward core. I don't think we could beat either the Habs or the Leafs. But it's a good thing. We match up really well against the Jets. We beat the Jets seven times in nine regular season games. We match up really well against the Jets. I think we can beat them. And look what happened. Yep. We got swept. So I just think this whole thing of taking, oh, I want to play this team because of this happened in the regular season. It's so dumb because the regular season doesn't mean shit. I'm with you. If you're the best team, you win regardless of what happens. I'm with
3: you. I'm with Nick on this one 100%. That's why I I, I, legitimately I fear no one. I don't really have concerns about who the Oilers are going to match up with depending on what happens tomorrow. But like I said, if I had a preference, it would be Seattle because they're junk generally. But Nick is 100% right. What happens in the regular season doesn't mean shit for the playoffs. It is a completely different year. Look at 2006. The Oilers matched up against the best team in the NHL and the Detroit Red Wings, and what happened? Oilers and six. It's a different season. It is a different animal, and it's going to be about which team can adjust to a game-by-game or a shift-by-shift kind of basis and make the adjustments needed to beat the other team. We're talking chess, baby. We are talking chess, and I legitimately fear no one. I really don't. But I also don't think that any series, regardless of who they play, is going to be a walkthrough either. It's just not the way it goes in the playoffs, man. The most important thing is that the Oilers are in. The second most important thing is that they're a damn good team. And number three, I just don't want to go to Winnipeg. Nobody wants to go to Winnipeg. The people that live in Winnipeg don't want to go to Winnipeg. It has nothing to do with the Jets. The irony of their team being called the Jets when they don't have an airport, though, that is a different conversation. I just don't have time for that today. And that's how we're going to wrap up the South Island Pie voicemail. Again, go to southislandpie.ca, click on meet the pies and see what kind of deliciousness awaits you. Use the promo code Nation twenty get twenty percent off your order. Make sure you are eating well, courtesy of Jamie and the fine folks at South Island Pies. And with that, we are going to wrap up the podcast. The last thing I want to tell you about is if you go to NationGear.ca, check out the playoff gear. On oil up is what we're using for a hashtag this spring. The associated gear is on the Nation Gear store. I got the white and orange oil up shirt yesterday. It is looking fantastic. If you just want to have a look at that, pop on over to my Instagram page. Hi, my name is Bag Milk. I just posted it there. It just looks sharp. You should see it on my body. It looks even better. Secondly, I want to tell you, if you were looking for a free Oilers Nation sticker, you can pop in at any of the Edmonton Oodle Noodle locations. They have got a free sticker for you in there. All you got to do is be like, hey man, I want some green onion cakes and some spring rolls and a free Weathers Nation sticker, please. And they're going to go, here you go, sir. Deliciousness and a sticker. What else do you want? What else do you want? Right? It's just good living. It's great living. In fact, that's what I'm telling you about it. And for all of you, I just want to say thanks again for listening. We are going to be going into playoff mode. There could be emergency podcasts. There could be Better Late Than Never episodes from the road. There could be lost episodes again, like last spring when we went to L.A. when we got too drunk and thought that recording a podcast at like one in the morning would be a good idea. As it turns out, it wasn't. Content was bad. That was okay, actually. We just sounded real sloppy. So probably expect some more episodes of this podcast coming at you. Of course, we're going to have the full doses of Oilers Nation Radio in real life throughout the postseason. season and watch out for our postseason parties. We are going to celebrate together and we are going to get hammered responsibly. And with that, we'll wrap up the podcast. Shout out to our friends at the audio department, Trilogy Oilfield Rentals, Betway and South Island Pie for making this all possible. Go get yourself an SYC brew and beer this weekend. You deserved it. I know it's only Wednesday, but damn it. You've made it through three Working days without drop kicking anybody, you've earned it. Earned and not given. <laughs>